0: Hello, we're recording. So, do I have uh, simply brick on the line? Uh, yes, you do. Great. So, is it both uh, Karina and um, Ariel? Yeah. Okay, great. So, um, Joe, glad that you took the time to come on onto our podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you for having us.
0: So, you're a Canadian alt rock band. Yes. And- you were formed in june 2020 yes so you're currently working on your first so this is a little different than what we usually have bands that might have some stuff they talk about but you guys are currently working on your material so probably focus on the questions i sent you about how you got into music and how you guys met
1: yeah let's see that's good sure
0: so but first question I usually ask bands are, like, when did they first get into music and at what age? Whoever wants to go first with that, let me, let me know.
2: Um, I, like, when I was small, I've always wanted to play guitar. And I started, I got my first guitar when I was about nine. And then I took some lessons. And then afterwards, I let it down for a bit. And when I was 15, I started again. And I continued. This day, I just uh, kept on playing it. And- yeah
0: so so and so I guess when you started playing guitar like um uh what would were you your goal was to write your own music or was it to be like create like a cover band or just learn how to play it did you immediately start like writing your own music or just trying to learn it
2: uh, well, I started joining a band actually when I was about, I would say, 26. That's my first band because I was always playing like alone and like playing like in my room and like playing all the time. And I was like, you know what, like I'd like to perform because when I was in university, I had a friend who was in a band and I was like, I can do that too. I've always yeah. wanted to be in a band. So I found my previous band and uh, they were more of a very different style than what I'm doing now. And uh, it was a nice experience, and I was with that band. It was original songs as well. And then afterwards, I just wanted to branch out and do different different types. I guess you could say, like, my first love, like, my first, like, what I'm more drawn to musically, which is uh, more, I, I would say, like, dreamy sounds and softer rock and more, you know, embellishments and, and, and kind of ethereal like a, like sound. A, like a dream
0: and pop how, type of thing?
2: Yeah, precisely. Exactly. So that's how um, I found that, that love. I wanted to do that and, and then I'm, you know, I met Karina in the music scene and then, you know, we she plays the bass and I play the guitar and we both have a very mutual similar love to um, similar music. And we just decided to form our own project together and here we are.
0: So Karina, how how did you start in the bass?
2: Um,
1: actually I was, I played Mm -hmm. drums initially. I was playing drums in my high school band (laughs) and, um, in sec five, so I was 16. My brother joined that same uh, class as me and he was the better drummer. My brother Mm -hmm. also plays music. So I let him play and the only instrument left was the bass. So basically I was stuck with it, but it turns out that I I really loved it, and ever since then I've been playing it, and it's my favorite instrument. It's it's a lot of fun. The
0: but I, yeah. I've I've talked, and it seems like sometimes there could be I, on this to be very popular. There's a lot of people that were guitar players. They suddenly get put in because. You we know, See, yeah. <laughs> these people who are bass players, they have a tendency to play other things. That's actually been a common uh so you're
1: you're cutting out just a little bit. I'm not sure if it maybe it's my connection. Like, or, did you hear uh... what I
0: said? It was like a common theme that a lot of people yeah. Oh, do you yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so I hear of, you it's like a lot of bass players seem to have come from playing other instruments, and then in the band they're in, they kind of need somebody to take it, and they took it that they actually love yeah. it,
1: <laughs> yeah, most the uh, bassists that I know used to be guitarists yeah, yeah. So. it seems
0: like if they have too many guitarists, if so somebody's got to switch to the bass or a keyboard or something um, yeah, exactly, so what about the bass? Since so I'm a musician myself with my keyboards, um, and I started actually on clarinet and sax, and then I said, "Well, I can't really write songs on clarinet and sax." Not I mean, if you're in a jazz band, you could, but like if you're going to write a pop song, write a music, you know, music usually you need a guitar or a keyboard. So, so what, what do you what the, the way the maybe you can describe what you like about playing playing bass? I have some ideas about when I mean, I've talked to bass players, but I like your kind of take on it.
1: Well, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't actually like slap or anything. I'm more of a melodic bass player, I guess you would say. Like I mm. play chords and higher up on the neck. And I don't know. It's just I find it's for me it's easier than guitar because <laughs> I find the guitar is just too small and I can't uh, six strings. You know, it's too much. I can't mm. make chords on that bass. It's nice and spread out. And I don't know. I just it sounds different to me. Like I find guitar is so popular and like it's such a beautiful instrument, obviously. But I...
0: so, do you like that the rhythmic nature of how you have to tie to the drummer?
1: Yeah, I could be more.
0: So, so I, I, I just like it
1: and it's easier for me to play do you. On. Like the
0: idea of being kind of in mean, the rhythm section of the band, like being tied to the drummer. Hello? Yeah. Do you hear me? Hi. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm
1: just gonna check my Wi-Fi, but I yeah, have. I can really uh i'm not sure why i would do that
0: yeah i mean usually you shouldn't do that i mean i i I do a lot of these but it kind of is dependent on if if there's a good bandwidth or too many people are on the wi-fi or something but um normally it it doesn't have a problem but make sure (laughs) hold on what we're
2: gonna do just give us just a a moment we're just gonna go somewhere else okay just give us a minute can you hear us
0: yeah i still hear you
2: Can you hear us now? I still hear you. Okay, hold on. We're just gonna go. Over. We're just gonna go over here.
0: Can I still hear you? hear
2: you. Oh, here now it's much better. Is your mom in there? Okay. All right, we're
0: going in a different yeah, room. Yeah, wherever you can be closer to your router, as long as it's not getting.
2: Oh, okay, here it's yeah, much better. If it's better. not getting
0: cut off from the router, then. Sometimes if you're around walls or something, something the signal doesn't go through. <laughs> All right,
2: perfect. Well, we could hear you very well okay. now.
0: <laughs> I think we were talking. Sorry, about, about no problem. I think we were talking about how bass players kind of come from, come from. You know, maybe they were guitar players, or maybe they were. And um, when I was asking about <laughs> playing bass is Do you like being in the rhythm section of the band? You know, in terms of being locked in with your drummer. Though I know you're looking oh, for a drummer, but usually the relationship between a drummer and the bass player is pretty tight in, in yeah, the song. I love it. In the song.
1: Yeah, definitely have to have a good drummer, and definitely have to be locked in. That's the most important part.
0: Yeah, and that's I think it's cool about being a bass player. Cause like you know, as a keyboard player, my bass hand kind of you know does what you do on a bass. So like, and I have like modes and stuff. So when I play with drummers, I kind of lock in like a bass player, you know? Yeah, um, of course. And, and I, ha- I can have that same kind of relationship that you have as a bass player. So I can, I get it and it's cool. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. so, so let me get back into some of the other questions I like to ask. Um, so a lot of times um, you guys realized you had a talent to, to, to for music you started writing your own music you were in bands um, but who are your influences specifically if you're willing to, to kind of tell us who they are each of you like in terms of your musical heroes or influences people that you kind of made you want to be a musician
2: well my number one like musical hero it would have to be John Trusciante I love his style of the way he plays the guitar and sometimes it's just he doesn't use like overcomp you know, complexities of like embellishments or things like that. Sometimes it's just like these spaced out notes and it's just, just the way that he plays it is just so beautifully played. And Mm. he is like my, my, my inspiration. Like I actually, I love all, a lot of his solo work as well. And the way that he plays is just, it mesmerizes me. And I love his tone as well. Like his, his guitar tone and his sound let alone this plane. That
0: is your primary influence in terms of, like, you're very inspired by, by his plan.
2: Precisely.
0: That's interesting. So, um, any other influences for you guys? Uh,
2: I would have to say I'm also influenced by... Um, I like a lot of... Um, Shoegaze, right? Yeah, shoegaze bands. Yes, sorry. Oh, yeah,
0: that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. There's
2: in it, like what kind of gave me inspiration for, like, as well for this band is, like, also, like, the old shoegaze bands as well, like, you know, um, Bloody Valentine or, or uh, bands like Winter and bands like um, uh, Boy Pablo and, and, and as well as, um, uh,
0: what about a band like carsey Headdress?
2: That, i've never i've never actually heard of that of that band
0: they're kind of like oh yeah mark martino yeah.
2: marco mark like as well i like yeah. mark, mark and marco as well
0: yeah. um, they're not as well known as they could be but they had this famous album like mirror to mirror from 2011 that was kind of this big tenor, I, kind
2: I'll of i'll definitely tr- look into that 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 uh, yes. that sounds interesting as well as, like, uh, there was the Cocktail Twins, uh, you know, bands like, <laughs> bands like that from the 80s and 90s that kind of departed that kind of style of using that kind of dreamy aspect in their playing.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I've always, well, being a, I'm, I'm into progressive <laughs> rock as a keyboardist, but I was very much influenced by um, the Velvet Underground, like <laughs> Lou, Lou Reed and the Velvets which are kind of like the root of all like alternative music kind of, you can go back to Lou Reed and the Velvet Underground. Oh, of course. Yeah. That, Reed's yeah. a great,
2: great yeah. artist. And also I wanted to mention, I just, that just brought it, brought it to my mind. Like I like jazz a lot as well. Oh, and cool. I like sometimes using like some, some, I like using jazz chords in my playing and, and I love, you know, like jazz guitarists as well, like West Montgomery and mm-hmm. the different styles of playing that jazz musicians
0: have as well. That's yeah, I mean, yeah, That's a big draw for me. And like I me, mean, as an African American artist, I've been drawn to like Coltrane and Davis, and uh, of course, like, Miles
2: it, Coltrane. and yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and, and like uh, Sun Ra, which is a more rare. They're kind of like Sunrise, like the Velvet Underground of jazz. They were like a bebop band in the fifties that suddenly in the seventies started doing kind of when well, the late sixties and seventies they started doing something that was sounded kind of like Funkadelic before Funkadelic. Um, They actually dressed up in like space costumes and they were a bebop jazz band, but they went on stage with capes and space costumes looking like Parliament Funkadelic um, in the late 50s. And actually, Parliament Funkadelic kind of took their kind of space kind of motif from them. Wow.
2: That's pretty awesome. That's very, they're very creative and... Actually, funk too is really nice as well. And Karina's actually very, very like influenced by funk as well
0: in her playing. Oh. yeah, I love like Bootsy Collins and and uh, you know the whole Parliament funkadelic vibe. Oh yeah, that. Parliament's yeah. a great funk band. Yeah, they're
2: yeah. Really- they
0: they kind of like created hip hop. Everybody samples them. You know, like most of hip hop is actually sampled. Parliament Funkadelic records.
1: <laughs> really? Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Most of the core hip-hop, when hip-hop started, most of the bands heavily sampled Bernie Worrell and Bootsy Collins and, you know, George Clinton's music. If you go back and listen to Funkadelic albums and you listen to early hip-hop, they used the MPCs, like the Kai MPCs, and they sampled tons of Funkadelic records. I mean, almost all... They were very heavily layered, and they took lots of different, like, small clips but they took them from like all their big hits in the 70s which a lot of kids probably didn't know so they thought it was original but (laughs) it's it's all kind of taken from there which is the dna like it's all james brown all funk you know it's that that style but it's interesting i mean i think that's a foundational thing for most music today between like jazz and funk Oh, there's a lot of that's yeah. the thing,
2: like blues and jazz. Like, that's what a lot of people don't realize is that that's the foundation of, of all, like, a lot of music that we listen to today, as well as rock and everything that's popular today, or what became huge. And that's what people don't realize. And that's the source blues and jazz and funk as well evolved out of that. And that's the beauty, yeah. Of that.
0: Yeah, being an, like again, being an African American artist, I kinda would have that in my DNA I kind of handed down. But 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 it's just interesting that like, a lot of people think rock and roll is like it's well, it's, it's kind of like oh it's a Led Zeppelin game, it's no, an Aerosmith I mean, game. It's like it came from Led Belly and Robert Johnson and, and Bo Disney. And all that. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree
2: with you. They're like the originators, even like Chuck Berry at the time and
0: yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, the
2: actual, you know, in movies when they'd have like uh what's that, uh, like, right before jazz started, there was a, forgive me, I forget the jar, but it was that, um, what was that? Yeah. Music? It was a jar that happened. It was right before jazz.
0: Yeah, there's a pre-jazz age. Yeah, the, yeah,
2: exactly. Like, that's, all that is the originators, and a lot of people tend to forget that, and
0: it's important yeah. to be under... They, I mean, like, Jimi Hendrix, to me, like, he's the originator of modern guitar, you know, hero type stuff and you know no one had ever approached it that way. You know, you mm-hmm. had what Lead Belly and Robert Johnson was doing, but Hendrix kind of took this idea of taking this cosmic, you know, stuff. That later I mean Miles Davis took the same kind of idea with fusion. Is you take you take jazz and you mix like cosmic psychedelic aspects. And you take <laughs> rock aspects and you and you kind of fuse it with, with you know funk and jazz and rock and that's how you get like Jimi Hendrix experiences is, is is this kind of fusion of multiple fusion. styles. Well, that's yeah. the thing.
2: Actually, it reminds it reminds me as well. It's like our project is also a fusion of, of of like alternative rock and and dreamy shoegaze. It's a perfect fusion. Yeah, exactly. It's like we're almost. I wouldn't say like maybe starting on Jar, but I mean it's pretty unique in itself. So that's you remind me of fusion and stuff, and I'm like, well, you know, we have an alternative side that kind of like a more of a raw, a bit rock, but it's not necessarily hard, or it's not punk, or it's not. It's like this slight kind of, I would say, punchier side, and then there's a layer that comes and meets it. It's like a synergy of like this dreamy, shimmering kind of effects, you know, the effects that we use, and you know, a little bit of softness and.
0: Which, well, you make me want to hear it. You make me want to hear your songs. I gotta wait till 2021.
2: <laughs> well, actually, yeah. on our Instagram, we do have a very short clip of like. Yeah, I heard
0: short clips, but I was kind of like, oh, I want to hear more.
2: <laughs> exactly, soon, soon. So, 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 very. So, soon. so I mean, I, yeah, I understand. I, 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 very I, soon. I, yeah,
0: yeah, I do get. I hear your your dream pop kind of vibe. I hear that shoe gaze. You know, like I said, there's that car seat headrest has. You maybe you don't know them but you have some some sounds like them um they have an album like mirror to mirror from 2011 face to face in 2016 you have some sounds that reminded me of those albums mm-hmm. um but um yeah at this thing i think today a lot of people are are doing like a lot of artists that i really like to listen to are the people who are merging genres you know that are that are kind of breaking molds and actually combining genres and that's where the real interesting music is that's why i talk to singer songwriters like at this level in the industry people who are just breaking in or small independent artists Mm -hmm. that i think need to have exposure it's cool that i'm actually getting you guys like right at the beginning like some bands i get like in the mid stage or maybe a little further on but it's cool that i actually catching you guys even before you have your first single which is Cool, because I like to have bands come on uh, and actually talk about their music when they release a record. So once you start releasing, we definitely can have you on. And not when that we're closing, but I just like, like to, you know, explain the whole reason why I do this. And now I can kind of watch you guys grow.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, we appreciate that. It's very genuine from your part. That's really a nice way of really getting to the source and the root of like the, uh, the, the emergence of, of, you know, musicians or I would say a project before yeah, actually yeah. <laughs> hits the highway. You know, it's like the car is just starting and that's how you, you know, you're just getting it at the originators. The flower is just blooming. It's not even grown yet. And that's really beautiful in a way.
0: So I guess like, when you guys write, this is a big thing today because, you know, I kind of, just to give a little bit, I write very organically. You know, I use analog synthesizer. I use Moogs and old Roland's, and, you know, Prophets and like Hammond D3s and pianos. And I like to record, I'm a daw recorder. I'm an electronic musician, but I don't use a DAW. Uh, I, I, I use hardware recorders because I like to kind of capture things kind of in an old school way. I start, you know, I'm kind of showing my age. I'm in my 50s. And when I first started, when I was like 17 and stuff, I was using Fostex like and like Tascam 4-track and 8-track recorders because this is before they had DAWs. Um, and you know, I just felt... I like being able to control my recording in that way. I, I you know, it, maybe it's harder cause you're not on the grid, but I just like that kind of organic feel of this. Okay. I actually have to learn the song. I can't, I just don't go on the grid and fix it.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: That's cool yeah so 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 how do you guys record and now that i kind of said oh we all i'm not into DAW, dog but <laughs> um do you guys use a dog do you use uh hardware or do you go in the studio how do you guys put songs together
1: well for the singles that we're going to be releasing we worked with a friend of mine and uh we recorded in this like warehouse space but it was uh like he had proper equipment so i guess you could call it kind of a studio like a, mm-hmm. like an indie studio i guess you know Cool. And uh, we recorded drum and bass together and then guitar over that. And I still have to do my vocals, actually, um, because of COVID. We haven't really gotten around to it, but
0: soon. So you guys <laughs> are physically using a studio to record. So you're not going on to like Pro Tools and putting stuff down and then bringing it to the studio. You're actually doing it in the studio.
1: Yeah, we're doing it in the studio.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of old school. That's kind of like analog. Cause like so many people today, they're getting their their MacBook or something, and they go get Pro Tools or they go get Logic. They set it up with all their stuff, and you know, a lot of times they are using MIDI keyboards. And you know, I'm a keyboard player, so I'm a, I'm a kind of purist. Like, it's like if I'm going to use a Hammond organ, I'm actually using a Hammond organ. You know, <laughs> if I'm using a Moog, I'm not using the plugin. I'm actually using the Moog. Um, so. So it, I think something gets lost sometimes if you don't actually play the instrument. And you guys play, you know, bass and guitar, so you you understand that you're actually playing instruments. Um, so what, what what's your kind of feel? Because you guys are kind of an old school, like rock. A lot of rock people in rock music say, well, you know, the rock style is kind of going away and the DJ is becoming prominent and the producers becoming prominent, but you're still actually playing instruments.
2: Yeah, of course. So I find what, like a very or get i find it's like what i find very beautiful is that like when a person is playing an instrument whether it be guitar bass or drums whatever it's like you're really channeling in the most purest way like the feelings that you have onto the instrument and i find that just very very beautiful and it's like kind of like what you mentioned it's a form like i would say it's like so close and so i guess you could say it's a channel that's so close compared to if you just use a computer program, not to say that it's not art, like using like, you know, the way that the DJs are or whatever, it's still beauty. Yeah. Itself.
0: Yeah, yeah. You can get to very complex stuff. Like if I, when I looked at like the original, you know, guys, that used MPCs, which is a you know, way of doing samples, right? There's a lot of brilliance in some of those producers, how they layered those. Right. And so when you're getting into complex hip hop and taking clips and stuff as a producer, you can be as artistic as a painter. A sound painter, you know, because if you've got the skill set, you kinda know what to put together, like the Dr. Dre's in the world that knew how to layer things and had a feel for it. And so DJs can, can they actually can become producers. I saw a um, documentary on Amy Whitehouse and Back to Black. <laughs> and the Back to Black album, one of the producers was a DJ that became a producer. And because he was a DJ, he kind of knew what works, right? <laughs> so he got in he actually got beyond the DJ and he got into working with, you know, full bands, but he had the sense because he was a DJ, what kind of, what the hooks. Mm-hmm. So he knew when he was with the physical bands, he knew how to get them to get into the hooks, you know? And I, and he actually used acoustic bands and real drummers and stuff, but he had this kind of capability. So I'm not that I'm denigrating DJs, but I think it's he, this guy who was a DJ did have the respect for people who actually played. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's kind of like both ways. I, In some ways, I mean, I can like use samples, I can use modern digital sense, but I have a preference for the more organic organs and older analog sense from the 70s and 80s just because they have character, you know? And yeah. It's like the kind of character you have, you, why you pick one guitar over another or a bass okay. over Are you picking? it It's amp. like a
2: fingerprint, essentially. It has its own kind of essence that you'll never be able to replicate. Either would be with a computer or, or whatever it may be because it's just so genuine.
0: Yeah, they, I mean, if you guys pick your guitars. I always talk to guitar players and they always pick their guitar, and they pick their pickups, they pick their necks, they pick because of the tone, right? Like a keyboard player, like you might buy a 74 Moog and you're looking for it because you know it has a certain sound that they're like a the, the Moog from 78 or a Moog from 68 doesn't have. And mm-hmm. so. And right. so you go searching for it because it has that tone. So I totally get it. Um, like, and some people didn't realize that like keyboards, at least the older ones, have that character. <laughs> and so you kind of search for them because you're looking for that tone. Yeah. But um, so, you guys, do you guys use particular instruments? I do like to kind of get into the details. Like, so for your guitars and basses, do you have preferences for? the sound you're trying to get, because you're doing the shoegaze dream pop, is there a certain type of guitar or bass that you use, or you just use the effects to kind of get what you want?
1: Well, I always use a, a jazz bass. Um, I, I like a very warm tone when I play.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, a little bit of punch, too, because you want to cut through the mix, or else no one's going to hear you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, ever since I started playing, I've always used the jazz basses, and I you, just really prefer them. They have a small neck, you know, they sound really nice. And...
0: On the bass, do you, do you sometimes feel that the recording engineers and producers sometimes try to hide the bass or do they, you know, in certain types of music, bass is like elevated and other types of music, sometimes it's like pushed down. Do you yeah. end up having to like fight with the producer or the person to say, you know, I really want to hear that?
1: <laughs> uh, usually, usually uh, I don't have to fight for it, but. One thing I have noticed is that some, sometimes they try to put on like a fuzz on my bass, which I I can't stand that sound. I just I find it sounds like farts, to be honest. <laughs> There's like a like a thick fuzz on a bass. So
0: yeah, yeah, well, sometimes people try to get basses to sound more guitar-like. You know, it's funny. Like John Entwistle from the Who, sometimes his bass could carry like a like it was playing chords. You know, That's cool. he, I like that he used that, and it, it, would, it would actually distort as much as Townsend's guitar, and, and in some cases, like, when he played Bob O'Reilly live, that Entwistle was actually playing, like, chords on his, like, five-string bass, and it was, like, coming in, like, guitar chords, which it, it, like, kind of let, let Pete do additional guitar chords, and so it was interesting stuff that you could do, but, yeah, I can see why, it was, in some cases, you can you fuzz out your bass, but if in other places, you want to hear it, you know, but um yeah it's interesting cuz i was watching a, another um <laughs> documentary on metallica and it, when they they got their new bass player after their bass player kind of tragically died in an accident um the first album he was on they like made it so you couldn't even hear him
1: oh yes i heard about that <laughs> and mm-hmm. he was yeah. like it, that's, yeah. that's awful Poor yeah guy. and he
0: was kind of like he was trying to fight for it but he was the new guy in the band and he was kind of like oh i guess i got to deal with it <laughs> yeah
1: you know that's that sucks. You need bass, at least some bass. Like with no bass, there's no feel. I, there's there's nothing there. I, find. I feel
2: like the bass is like the heart of a song. Like it's it's like the I would say like the foundation. And that's another thing with our project is that I always tell Karina like I like because she also does a lot of bass solos, and very groovy, like very nice. Um It really grabs your attention. Mm-hmm. One of those like very melodic solos, and I like to put a, sh- a spotlight on that because often it's like yes like the guitar in a band or in a project or whatever it's like often often like always like the one with the spotlight but I like to as equally put the spotlight onto the bass playing and that's what I voiced in our project is I like and you'll notice in my first single Karina does a very very like like it really grabs your attention the solo it's just very it's very good. That's I'm trying awesome. to find another word to say good because it really blows me away.
0: One well, thing I liked about like the new romantic or the new wave era, if you go back and listen to new wave, there's a lot of groove in. They was they they actually, the bass players in the new wave era, they ended up doing a lot of groove kind of bass stuff. They kind of we kind of came out of Motown and 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 you know the idea of doing that, but then kind of doing it with this kind of synth pop stuff. But it did have a lot of funk bass in it. You know, it was a lot of people were emulating the funk era in new wave, but then adding synths to it. And there was a lot of groove-oriented stuff. Uh, and and I, I think some bands, when you get to the grunge movement or you get into, like, um, other types of, like, heavy you know, like death metal and really heavy metal, sometimes the bass gets pushed down. Um, but in more pop-oriented or other types of genres where you allow like the the tones to be heard in the mix if you let the bass tone be heard you think know, like a band like steely dan you hear the bass you, you hear everything like you know it's mm-hmm. more jazz oriented because they had tons of Motown playing on those songs so you oh. actually have motown drummers player playing on most of the steely dan albums those guys okay. play musicians and jazz guys and all those records are very layered and you hear like everything um and so that's that's kind of like my kind of tradition has come from bands like yes and genesis and steely dance of the world where you actually have a lot of complexity and and you hear the notes and you hear the guitars and you you, things don't get washed over but but you know then that that i don't get into like that kind of um kind of alternative drone stuff which i can get into with you know joy divisions of the world and stuff like that but um I like pretty much everything. I, I listen to anything, but I think it's cool, like you're saying, that you can actually articulate your bass and people hear it. And, you know, and it's not drowned out. That's a cool thing.
2: Yeah. Well, wow. exactly. It's like there's so much variation and so much to take from from all different jars that there's just like because it's combinations. It's just there's so many, and, and it's just you. It's a, something to appreciate it.
0: So you guys are working on your first single. Is this part of a bigger project where you're planning to do like an EP or an album?
1: I think for now, we're going to release uh, multiple
0: singles throughout the yeah, year. That sounds um, like, that's most people today because of the, the way the Spotify playlists work.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think releasing an EP or an album would probably be a waste of money at this point. So singles are the way to go.
0: But eventually if you get, if you, if your plans work out and you get a good, reaction would would you think of collecting like your best was into it like an ep
1: yeah of course absolutely and so
0: because of covid what's i've been talking to a lot of bands that coming up with different approaches to deal with covid where they're they're doing online shows they're they're collaborating with other artists you just started so you, you know you're just trying to get your own footing but in terms of presenting to your audience Are you guys just looking forward to actually, you know, things opening up in 2021 and going the traditional route of playing shows? Are you having a plan to like do videos on YouTube or live performances? What's your kind of overall plan?
1: Um, Well, we'll definitely release some videos, Uh, definitely a music video with the first single. Um, For the performances, we'd like to do the traditional route of, uh, Going to bars, you know, playing around the city, you know, going maybe to Toronto or cities close by, and uh, yeah, I prefer that to streaming because we don't really have enough good equipment, at least right now, to properly stream it. Like it probably wouldn't sound that good, so I think a bar would be the better option.
0: Yeah, I think it was, as you start, it, this it just seems like you know, well, I don't know, it looks like because of the vaccine, things are going to be in a better position in twenty twenty one. Uh, and it does take some equipment to get that sound, especially like if you're like me, I'm a keyboard based band. So a lot of my stuff is already like electronic in some way, even if it's analog. So it's, I do a lot of Instagram streaming from my home studio and Twitch and YouTube. I've actually invested in the cameras and all the stuff that lets me send my soundboard out. But, you know, it's something I, I invested in like a couple years ago. So I, just, I already had it. Yeah. Um, it is something that it takes a little bit to build up. And a lot of bands were focused on doing, you know, having their amps and having their stuff for playing live shows. And so, there, but just now that things have shifted, a, a couple of bands I've talked to in the last six months have started to invest in, you know, that infrastructure that actually have a green screen, have the cameras, you know, run run a show uh, just because it's, it's been getting so hard they weren't getting any way of getting out. <laughs> Um, to the public but do you feel like where you are you guys are going to be in a better position in 2021 to actually play live
1: I mean we're going to need to find a drummer first and we can't do that right now obviously because of COVID uh... so first Mm -hmm. that and then hopefully if things get better we'll be able to play in bars by the end of 2021 or maybe this summer Mm -hmm. you know bit hopeful for that we'll see what happens
2: and we look on the bright side of things like with COVID like this gives us a chance actually to really work on our songs and finish all the canvas on a lot of ideas that we have and kind of put them together and perfect them and so we kind of look on the bright side of things and, and so we work on that and you know just finishing as many songs as we can and stuff like that and then when the shows come it's just we're just gonna perform what we've worked on essentially so we, it's kind a blessing in disguise, this COVID, this uh, this COVID thing, because it gives a chance to really delve into the, the creative part. I mean, the writing process the
0: more. Ends, more. Much time. Year, they 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 have. In order to make money in this industry, you have to tour. Um, more you make more money yeah. touring than you do selling or streaming um so so a lot of bands would end up writing on the road you know they're on their little in their eternal line van or if they're bigger they're in their bus and they're riding on the road you know after a sound check and all this stuff and say hey that's the new stuff but now you actually like like you said a lot of the bands i've talked to have indicated that this is the first time i can have a clear space to actually come up with like a cohesive idea um where they could sit down and actually come up with something maybe more considered than they ever thought they could. Um, because a lot of bands are kind of stuck on that treadmill like, okay, I'm going to tour it and i to do the album and tour it and do the album. And you don't give themselves a lot of time to actually write the album. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that is a, a cool thing. And I've taken advantage of it myself. So you guys feel that that is, is, a, is a good use of, of your time that you've been putting a lot into your craft.
1: Yeah, of course. And I'm also it it works well for me, too, because I'm I'm new to singing and I've never sang live. And I'm honestly like very scared to do that. So I have more time to practice
0: until then. <laughs> yeah, that's always the hard thing, you know, is I, I was a keyboard player. I never sang for the first part of my career. Uh, I didn't have to. I was just playing keyboards and there was always lead singers and stuff. And then I said, well, you know what, if 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 you're ever going to do anything in this industry, you have to kind of sing. <laughs> Can I try to put out? <laughs> so I, then I had to figure out. I was like, okay, why well, I got to go. And then I had to go to New York. And I went to Boston, and did shows. And I, you know, I finally started to get my legs. You know, Um it's just kind of like getting to going into a club in New York and Brooklyn will give you legs, because <laughs> New York audiences like, like, they get out of here or you're here. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> and you know you kind of you learn how to deal with the crowd and how to how to how you know to do what you need to do. But um, yeah, live live is is something. I mean, even if they try to live stream, the one thing that's really kind of hard to deal with is you don't have that interaction from the crowd. Crowd. A lot of musicians we kind of feed off the crowd, you know. And if you if you're trying to play live and you don't get any feedback because you're just in your room or you're in a garage or you're in your basement studio. You don't get that feedback from a crowd, and I think most musicians kind of need that feedback to kind of do their performance. <laughs>
1: yeah, the feedback is good and well unless it's a bad feedback and well ways. yeah yeah
0: I mean if you get a bad crowd and they, <laughs> you like, know? they hate you, then that, that's not gonna make you feel good but <laughs> but um yeah. but like you most most passed I down mean, your, I think a lot of what music is. You don't technically have to be the best singer and the best player, but if you if you have something that feels true, right? If you have something that's honest, come out there and you pour your heart with the best of your vision. A lot of people appreciate that, and they can they get it. You know, I think that's the whole thing with that kind of old music scene into bands. Then maybe they're not, you know, variety Carey. They're not Whitney Houston. Rico. She was a model, you know. Germanic kind of drone voice, but it worked, you know. So the idea that you know, it's perfect voice, but his poetry is unbelievable, you know. So I think people, if you're honest and you believe in what you're doing, and the crowd picks up on that, I think that's that's how you can get over. It.
1: Yeah, you definitely don't have to be perfect. Uh, you're always going to make mistakes, even if even if you are the best, you're still going to make mistakes. So you have to accept that. And it's definitely more about you know the feel and the the soul you put into it. And uh, yeah, that's that's all. You just gotta hope for the best. Hope people enjoy it. And uh, I think if you put a lot of work and effort, and you really love what you're doing, then. Hopefully it works. So simply
0: out. brick, why why did you guys come, what's that name, the, the name for the band? Is that is that the feeling you guys came up with? Or how did that come about? Um
1: I was I joined a band back in like 2014. It was my first band. We didn't have a name. So when we played our first live show, we asked the crowd, like, you know, throw some names at us. Uh, we need some ideas. And one kid I think said the bricks or something like along those lines or like brick or something and then i was kind of into the name you know i was like oh what about that name and then uh, my drummer was like what about simply brick and ever since then that name has stuck with me for like six years and i've always wanted to use it and now i finally can oh so yeah
0: that that's how it's interesting every band's story how they get their name i like to i like to make sure (laughs) i ask because every story is different um it's just kind of cool, you know, if you go into rock history, you know, like the famous one, like Keith Moon actually gave Led Zeppelin their name because mm-hmm. he, he was going to, they asked him if he wanted to join Led Zeppelin. And he said, well, that would go down like a Led, like a Led Zeppelin.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's, true. And, and
0: that's how they got their name. But, like, if, you know, there's famous stories about how bands get their name. But, yeah, it's always interesting to hear, you know, how musicians figure that out. Um sometimes it takes longer and sometimes this happens, yeah. you know.
1: <laughs> well the band started with the name before anything else
0: it was the name. <laughs> so so um I guess uh or in auditions. You, I guess it's hard for drummers to try to do auditions without being face-to-face right there's no way for you guys to really get a drummer without face-to-face like li- real live auditions right
1: definitely need to do it live audition like a i mean you could do it over skype or something but it's just not the same and you definitely want to meet the person because even if he's the best you want to get the like, vibe maybe he's <laughs> yeah maybe he's not a very nice person you like i i'd rather someone not as good and just like really chill and nice and willing to like work
0: on the stuff with. Like, I want someone who will write
1: with us. Too.
2: Oh, yeah. The chemistry of I a like...
0: band is super important, you know. Yeah. Exactly. You know, because like Beatles, you know, got, you know, end up having Ringo is because he had such a better chemistry than their first drummer. <laughs> you know, um, it's like it just, and you know, it's like it's like you could, every band kind of comes into who they're going to have as their, you know, band. It's really important to that connection, you know, that everybody's on that team. I mean, a lot of bands end up kind of blowing out because maybe they didn't assess that right, (laughs) Um, but you never know. But like, yeah, it's it's kind of a hard thing when you have so many different personalities. The bigger the band, the more personalities, the harder to manage. Well, you guys are only going for like a three-person unit, definitely a
1: three-piece. Yeah, it's a lesson.
0: You get the four and five piece bands then you start having a lot of problems
1: <laughs> oh yeah and it's hard to get together at that point too with all the different schedules
0: and all that. It involved you know
2: <laughs> yeah
0: you know bands like the Grateful Dead and Allman Brothers so many members and everybody started fighting you know um and just because it's like everybody just gets their personalities involved and then suddenly you know, who's who's the who's the alpha, who's not the alpha, who's the, doing this, who's doing that. And it you, you kind of gotta get into this thing. I remember REM said that the reason they stayed together, they just said no matter who was writing the song, everybody's getting 25, 25, 25, 25. Everybody split four ways. That's the way it should be. And then you get a band like the Eagles where Don Henley and uh you know the and, and uh Glenn Fry basically said, Well, we're we're in we're- so
1: well i think it's i think it should be equal with the like equal split for everything unless someone's really just kind of not doing anything at all
0: yeah i mean it's bad situation if you get into like the eagle situation where people were like work for hire and 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 then you had you know you have like uh yeah been a situation where ace and some of the other in um some of the founding members, after a couple of years, they were they were out of the band. They came back in the band, and suddenly they made them employees, and they weren't founding members. You got paid like fees, like workers, instead of being founding members. And I think it's a bad dynamic when if you do that. Then it's bad. Bad. It becomes more like a job at that point, and I don't know.
2: It's like. I find that as long as everything's like equal amongst all members and I, I personally find less members you are, the better it is. And obviously I think you need to have a very good connection with the person to be able to voice what you like, what you don't like, you know, how to help each other out and all that kind of stuff. And when it becomes like four or five, six, even like that just becomes, there's way too many people. There's way too different, like the way, the connections just don't align because there's so many different people.
0: Yeah, this phrase, so, it ends up fraying apart and it's hard to manage that, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: And sometimes you have two people teaming up against the other two and it just becomes kind of a free-for-all. That's why smaller units is,
0: I find, better for I us. I think it works in funk and jazz more just because a lot of funk and jazz players seem to just want to play. and they just want the opportunity to get out on stage and actually do it and they're like they'll just sign the paper and and maybe that's bad because they don't pay attention to what they're doing but but they it's like i just want to get on stage i just want to you know Mm -hmm. i just want to get out there and be playing in new orleans or playing you know at the club you know on the tourist circuit and a lot of a lot of you know that was the one big problem with a lot of kind of um soul and jazz musicians is you know even Motown musicians they, they didn't really read what they were signing <laughs> and they just wanted crowds and so they kind of let the industry mess them up but um you know a lot of it's because musicians tend to like if you give me a place to play i'm gonna go you know and i'm gonna do it <laughs> and, and, and it's kind of yeah. like you always have to kind of take care of yourself and i think that's cool today in the modern independent music you know, a, lot of, a lot of musicians where, you have to be mindful of of those those kind of horror stories and and realize that you need to protect yourself <laughs> yeah, in terms of like that. your contracts and your masters and your ownership of your music. Mm-hmm. Are you guys like being yeah, in, this- independent? Are you into that kind of ethic of like you know I'm writing this, I own it, I'm gonna the way I want to go. I don't want to just have them tell me they want me to be the next ten star.
1: Yeah, I definitely don't want to go that way. Like, I want to write my own stuff. I don't want someone telling me what I can play and how I can play it. So uh, definitely in the independence, is the
0: way to yeah. go, I think. Well, they're looking for, you know, they they actually look for top lines or right? they the producers. They look for everything you're writing or coming, it's coming from like your heart it's coming from you, right? You guys aren't. Like looking for other people to write your music. You write your own music, right?
1: I mean, collaborations are nice sometimes. Like uh, my brother, sometimes uh, you know he has input on the the things I write, or sometimes uh, I have a lot of musician friends, so you know I'll be like, oh, what do you think of this, or uh, do you have any ideas for this? But like. Ninety percent of it is is coming from. Yeah, you know, it
0: sounds like you're still doing it. You're not like one of these like kind of production shops that's producing like, you know, like cloning beats.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely. It yeah. sounds like you
0: guys are like a traditional, oh. like you know, back in the day we used to call it like college radio. You know, college radio was like the scene, you know, when I was growing up, like where you heard like REM or Camper Van Beethoven or Who's to Do or the Clash. You heard them on a, like a UMass college radio station, you know, from the University of Massachusetts, or, or it's like you know Boston College, or you, you heard some you know NPR radio station at night was playing all these stuff, all this stuff they wouldn't hear on the radio, and that kind of got me into music because I was like, that's where I heard all this, you know, replacements and you know Sex Pistols and Television, you know, all those bands. Like to me, is like they weren't super big, but they were very kind of um, inspirational because <laughs> yeah, they wrote their own music and they weren't trying to be the latest thing but they, they 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 seemed to be really honest you know and that's what I like in music when people think, are coming from that kind of honesty
2: yeah definitely and that's the thing like uh you know, we're going to aim also to play at the, co- you know, the college radio, like, you know, the McGill, you know, CKUT, if we could in the States, want to send our stuff to KEXP yeah. or yeah. K, yeah. yeah, that station, like, you know, we have a list of like, college radio stations that we'd like to send our stuff over. And, you know, we just want people to enjoy it as much as we do just to- That's
0: the right approach. Cause that's really the scene, you know, other than, you know, sex, you know some of the social. More hip hop DJ, mm-hmm. and those college radio stations right. are still supporting like alternative types of rock, indie rock, you know, and alternative rock and shoegaze and stuff. You guys are doing is still kind of in the radio space, um, mm-hmm. and even the satellite radio space has places for it. But um, but the traditional radio is kind of where I like to go because you'll get you know get the young DJs or the, even older DJs are willing to try new bands, you know that that's what I'm always looking for. I don't want to keep on hearing, you know, I love Tom Petty. I love Led Zepp. I love Hart, but I don't want to hear that all day. (laughs) You know, I want to hear something exactly. I want to hear something new.
2: (laughs) Precisely. It's the most important thing.
0: Yeah. American radio in some places got has gotten so tired. I mean I keep on hearing the same songs that I heard in like eighty four. You know. They're still playing so that's, the it. that's
2: why it's a good to have a variety and that's why like we were mentioning earlier the fusion of different genres, just kind of like what we're doing. is going to be a breath of fresh air for people. It's going to be the first time listening to our music because it's not something that you hear every day.
0: Yeah, I think it, what I heard that was very encouraging that one thing under COVID is a lot of people are listening to more new bands than ever. That I heard some statistics that people are willing to try new music just because they're probably have more time to do it and so there's a lot of people actually there's an opportunity for a lot of new bands right now
1: um definitely a good time to release music i think and even just like posting online people are more on their phones you know people are bored you can't go out nothing to do you can't socialize at least here anyway well i think yeah it's the same
0: thing in the states we kind of we were in a good place with covid and then we got to a bad place
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So like there's not much else to do besides like really going on the internet, playing some video games, exercise, of course. Yeah. And that's why it's a good time to be
2: posting. We'll do a podcast your and we'll do it. You have a lot of time to create your stuff and, and really put all your energy into it because there's nothing else distracting you. Like, you know, this is like one of the main things that well, the one thing is that 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 keeps time going by so fast. I even forget that we're in COVID because I'm so immersed in this project. And, you know, it just makes me so happy just to create. And just, it's just such a beautiful experience. And that's why like, it's just, it also gives a chance to people during COVID if they have this kind of uh, leniency in themselves in order to create create music, then they can start their own project because they have all the time in the world to do these different kind of mus- musical projects. Well, I think that's
0: what's great. Um, that I, what I found is um, sometimes, um, you know, it, some of my friends that aren't artists, they don't really understand like the creative process, right? So they're like, they, they don't get it. That's why I like have because then I get to talk to other like-minded artists, you know, because I think when you're a creative person, you take the things that happen to you, you're kind of like a novelist or you're like an actor, you soak it in and then you are able to create art from your experience. And you you take stuff that you subconsciously absorbed and consciously absorbed and turn it into work. And, and yeah, other people course. that can't do that, they don't understand it, right? They might appreciate it, but they don't understand how you can do it. But it's cool to talk to people that actually know what that's like and that's why i actually do the podcast <laughs> so because then i can actually talk to like-minded individuals i mean i've talked to poets and actors and musicians it's all kind of coming from the same exactly. place
2: that's the thing you get to do things that you have never really thought of doing and like you never sometimes people didn't have time before because they're so busy with their day-to-day life now people work from home and you have more time at home and you're more rested and all that rest gives you more creative energy and you can use that in these kind of outlets, whether it be musical or painting or whatever it may be. You're not as tired anymore. Some people can't work, and yes, like that's very unfortunate. But also, like, if there are some people are like, if you, could, if you still have a chance to get paid by the government, but you have to stay at home, then at least you could use that time to do things that you've always wanted to do that you've never done before. And music is one of these things.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm lucky that my day job is I'm an IT guy, right? So when this happened, you know, we we used to be able to work remotely anyway. Um, And we just said, they just said, well, just stay home. And so then what was cool is I used to have to fly out. I used to have to do all these two hour, four hour commutes and I don't have to do that. So then all that time I spent commuting, I can put into my art. And so to me, it was great. like now I got four hours in a day that instead of commuting, I can actually write a song or do a podcast. And so that to me, it was like, it's actually been a good, a good time for me, (laughs) which I know a lot of the people have, have trouble, but like, I've been able to take advantage of it in a a way that maybe other people is like a negative for them. But for for me, it's been a a positive situation. I get to talk to people like you.
2: Exactly. That's, that's a good, that's a really great positive. And that's the thing. Like I've realized that to be honest, like, aside from not being able to see music performances, which I really enjoyed as well before COVID, like I was telling Karina actually, it doesn't feel like there's COVID happening. Because I don't know, I'm enjoying myself a lot and it doesn't feel like, for me, much has changed. I mean, now it's more severe, but like this summer, like to me, I was having so much fun doing this project. And so it's just how... You know, the COVID does have, it's a blessing in disguise for
0: many things. Well, I think it makes people realize how important family is, how important their friends are.
2: Precisely. Yeah. I think exactly. I think when something
0: bad happens like this, you know, it's kind of like a, a 9-11 that didn't go away. It keeps on building up. Like mm-hmm. every day you get like 9-11 numbers. And it's like, and then yeah. what happens is kind of crazy. It's like when 9-11 happens on one day, that's like, everybody can understand that. But when it's happening every day, yeah, Constantly. people don't people like, don't get it. Like in the US, we're hitting like 9-11 numbers like every day. And and, yeah, and people uh, just get numb to it. Um, but I think it's also be very mindful of like you should try not to get numb to it and you should be aware of it and you should like take it and understand it and don't you know don't get freaked out by it, but you just be aware of it and don't lose that, you know. Cause I think well, yeah, I think it's important, important to your important. creative process to be kind of aware and to don't don't get totally like not able to do anything because of it but don't forget about it
1: (laughs) well yeah be careful you know be respectful wear your mask everything like that but there's still like don't don't despair because it will end and there there are positives to it you
0: know yeah i think people yeah like (laughs) we said you know
2: (laughs) well you appreciate your families more as well and your friends and people that you love because that's another thing i was thinking about the other day it was like well, what the one beautiful thing about COVID is that it reminds people of, of their mortality, because yeah. often people like put it off. And when you have a threat like this, which can affect anyone, you know, it reminds me. It reminds you, like you know, be grateful for who you, for you know who you have in your life and what you get to do. And
0: yeah, when well, people get so people caught, get yeah, to- people are so caught up in the rat race. Like I said, I used to have to jump on planes and jump in cabs, and I'm like, I'm gone, like, gone from my family all the time, right? And and mm-hmm. you know only see him on the weekend and people you take mm-hmm. people for granted and you're doing this and doing that and now you've got all this time and you got to learn learn mm-hmm. how to communicate you, you can't be exactly. you can't be as abrupt you can't be as rude as maybe you were because it's like well you know I got to go here I go go there so I think it's like it, it's a kind of a lesson time for people and everybody can kind of learn their lesson uh, for the day and, and and take it and and, and figure it out um, but yeah, I'm glad I, I had this conversation with you guys. What, what's the target date for your your single?
2: Uh, I would say actually, um, I would say in about a month, actually, or if three weeks, a month. Uh, we don't have like a precise date, but definitely very, very soon. I would say maybe a month, two at most. At most. Yeah, if
0: you guys get the pre-save up or you let me know when's coming, we could schedule. Oh, definitely. We could definitely sure. schedule sure. like.
2: 100 percent 100 yeah, we, yeah
0: we'll, we can schedule like a release party show um
2: yeah, really? yeah we, no way i'll definitely tell Karina. Yeah, that. yeah so that would be really good actually yeah,
0: yeah. He's,
2: you know like seeing like he wants to do a release party when we when we like a show for when we release our single oh that'd be awesome and like he was asking like um because yeah because Karina just went to the ladies room real mm-hmm. quick um just like what When when around, we think we're going to release our single. And I said, maybe in about two months at most. Yeah, latest, I think, uh, like end February, we're hoping. Yeah, as
0: soon as you've got it firmed up and you know it, we can schedule so that, you know, once it's out, you know, we we can have it so we can actually, you know, attach it to the episode and then talk about it. But the way we attach it, like we're actually part of Spotify. We're actually a Spotify company. So we can actually... Uh, attach the link, and then when we, you know, highlight it, it'll, it'll link to it, um, and so we can push it as part of the podcast, and it'll actually, you know, get pushed there. We can also push it on other platforms, but because we're on Spotify, we kind of, we push it there first, and then we can push it in other places, too, but. Um... <laughs> awesome,
2: thank you. That's, yeah, that's, we really appreciate that. That's really, that's really awesome, like, that would be
0: really great, well, that's the whole point of what we like to do because, you know, like I said, I'm a musician myself and what, I created this podcast because a couple of years ago there were some people out there that were charging people like 100 bucks to be on a podcast and, and mm-hmm. I said, would I, you know, I, I'm a musician. I just want to talk to other musicians and I'll just do it mm-hmm. for free and then I ended up, you know, linking up with these guys and I end up getting paid from my plays. So, you, yeah. wow. so I, I get like money coming from how many plays happens. So I don't have to charge anybody. Um and so Good. and so then it's like, you know, I, I what I felt is other podcasts were talking to people for like 15 minutes. And I, and I right. felt like I wanted to be able to do a free form kind of behind the music type of thing where people mm-hmm. got to, to really know the band. And uh because mm-hmm. as a musician, I, I love album biographies and documentaries oh, about yeah, bands. I mean, Yeah. And I said, you know, why don't I get modern bands, you know, current bands, that opportunity to be able to give that to their fans, you know, as a way Mm -hmm. for them to know the band. It's
1: it's really great what you're doing. I find like, I don't know what it is, but, you know, paying bars to like play there and they're still like getting all the money from the people we bring and they're buying alcohol. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like. Music is not maybe maybe not appreciated as much as it should be these days, and yeah. you always have to pay for like everything you do. Like I, some bars in Montreal cost like three hundred dollars for you to play the night. And
0: yeah,
1: like, I like it when the bar
0: when the bar plays me. I kind of like I always do shows when they're gonna pay me. <laughs> like, when I yeah. first started, <laughs> no, when I first started, oh, that's, I, that's Yeah, thing, yeah, like, yeah when I first started, I had to play that game. But then, like, then I got to the point where I could actually do it. But you know, you see, when you get into it, that's what you have to do. But
2: Exactly. it's At first, you know, you start off low and you have to just invest. And that's the thing. Like, it's it's, 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 it's something. But like you were saying, it's like, it's nice that, you know, you kind of give this free access for people, even people that are non-musicians, you know, pro- most likely listen to your podcast. And they, you know, they just want to know more about bands and the whole creative process and, it's really, really great. Like because it reminds me of me when I sometimes, like you're saying, you watch the like classic albums. And I would watch, you know, each Hollywood story or about my favorite musicians, or even like, you know, how they actually made the the, the recording right. process. Yeah. And that's yeah. like really great. And that's really what what you're getting at, which is very good.
0: Well, you like, know, I'm, it I'm should be music. a free
2: thing that people appreciate <laughs> the musician for and see how much work goes that a musician goes through and you give people a chance to view that. And maybe people actually, after listening to your show, they realize, Hey, I should support this artist. I should pay because, you know, they're working their heart and soul and, and, and putting it to something. And it's a lot of work. People don't realize how much work goes into a recording process, practicing, you know, composing, making harmonies match, all of these different little things is a big, it's a lot of work, but obviously, you know, we love it, but yeah. people, you know, you give a chance for pe- for people to realize that and to actually support the artists in what they're doing to love, to share their love with the world and to share their fingerprints and their own unique sound waves that will never be replicated by anyone else out to the world, which is a very beautiful thing.
0: Well, the other thing we do is like once you get out there and you have like your Spotify profile, a lot of the Spotify profiles and SoundCloud profiles actually have a place where people can donate to the band. And we, (laughs) we always encourage anybody who likes a band, right? We always tell them, you know, go to iTunes and actually buy the record, go to Amazon and buy the record. Don't just, don't just stream it. Yeah. Go to the band's website and buy, buy the
2: thing. There's no more like, like, it's not like even just in the nineties, you know, there was albums and people would go to HMV or like, you know, music stores and buy the album right now. The only way a person could make money is by touring if you're a musician or merchandise and, you know, Spotify, it's kind of like the new, it's a beautiful form of easy access for people to access music but at the same time, it does kind of make making profit out of music much harder because, yeah. you know, people just listen to it for free instead of yeah. actually buying things from it or actually buying an album or buying, you know, it's kind of like today's uh, Napster, essentially. Well, that's what way. I try to get
0: people I find, in, like, if you're willing to buy an Xbox game for 60 bucks or 70 bucks and you buy a 15. PlayStation 5 yeah. game for 60 bucks. Where you give a YouTuber like Dashy, not that I mean, I love Dashy, but if you go and give him a $20 tip, you can't go on Amazon and buy that the download it costs $9. uh,
2: Yeah. 100%. I totally agree with you. And that's what's a bit frustrating, actually, because it's like you're going to spend something, you're going to spend so much money on something that's not very, sorry to say the word, but I guess. It's the truth, something that's not very useful. Let's say like maybe a video game in comparison to like listening to a piece of music, you know, you listen to it and it brings feelings in you that the musician was trying to create and and also you kind of it's almost like a biography, like what does this song mean? You know? Oh, I could relate to that and also you could learn from well, the music like, triggers, oh, you, know, triggers maybe, feelings.
0: you know, you get a you know.
2: It triggers feelings, but not only that, inspiration yeah, I mean, as well. They, they, you know, inspiration, and it creates this whole note of connection of of a domino effect of being inspired and stuff like that. I
0: mean, I, to a Karen, I get back to, like, 74. You know, I, I brought when I heard close to you in, like, 74 or 73 and where I was, right? And that's what music does mm-hmm. versus a video game, you know? And and that to me is like worth a lot. but some people today after the Napster age, you know maybe that's not as worth as much to them but this whole show is also I always try to tell people like you know support the band's merch, go to their website do, do exactly. everything if you love a, yeah if you totally love a band you know support the band and so you know don't just add them to the playlist if you love them actually do what's necessary you know treat them like you would treat a youtuber and give them a the tip you know.
2: Exactly, I feel I feel like it's just upside down now. Today, it's like yeah, people. It's like on YouTube stars are basically not doing anything creative or productive. It's just because they're saying something funny or whatever. And then yeah, they're... I mean, it's
0: a different world. My daughter is kind of into that, and I, I I have a hard time understanding it because I come from a different generation. And she'll watch all these YouTubers, and they're like I'm trying to understand it because she's like 20, and but it's like <laughs> I have time to understand like. Why would you pay pay to see these guys? One time she actually went to pay to see a bunch of YouTubers at a convention. And I'm like, why would you go see that instead of seeing a rock show? You know, I I couldn't get it. I couldn't I didn't understand it. <laughs> but, but...
2: No, I totally agree. And that's the thing. Like, I, I'm like you, like I just don't get it. Like I'm I, I'm very old-fashioned, like I'm 30 years old, but like I'm very Old fashioned. There's still some things I just don't get with the way things are. Like, like, why is it that music is a form of art that should be appreciated? Not everyone can do it, and it's not something. And it's so unique. You know, when you listen to like a piece Mm -hmm. of music, you know, it'll it'll never be recreated again. You know, it's so genuine, and it's so because everyone's so different. Everyone has a different soul, and I guess I I also view it in kind of a spiritual way because I am a spiritual Mm -hmm. person, and it's just it's a fingerprint of your soul. It's like the blueprint of who you are basically in a piece of music yeah, or what totally. experience I you're Totally, I totally get
0: it. I mean, the, the music I love always is kind of wrought with the passion of the artist, you know? From if, I, if I listen to some really heartbreak albums like Neil Young's Tonight Tonight, you know, Tonight's Tonight came out of, you know, the fact that he had a bunch of people in his mm-hmm. life, you know, died of drug overdoses, right? And he relayed it in an album. And it's very raw and painful. Right. And it it's like it's like a story. And maybe that's too depressing for kids today, but it's like, you know, it is a, an important to convey this kind of story. and it wasn't just about, you know, oh, I love a girl, I love this woman, or I love this, my brother, whatever. He's he basically conveyed the loss of somebody to addiction in, in a whole record. And 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 that's the kind of stuff that an artist can be like a writer or a filmmaker, you know, and
2: Exactly. And that's a beautiful thing is people that listen to it could actually relate to it. Like, I don't know me, like when I went through, when I go through heartbreak, there's always that one artist that I go to. And I feel like he could relate so much to what I'm feeling right now. And it's just, you, you, it's like a friend that you can listen yeah. to.
0: Right? That's right. Yeah. Like a
2: friend that's there. Like, and, and it helps you go through things, which is really nice as well. Like, you know, it's just.
0: Well, we we're on the same page and I'm glad I'm I'm really looking forward in the next month to have you guys back on and uh, we'll put you know, we're going to put this episode out we are actually on 11 podcast platforms including Spotify Spotify awesome. Podcast, Apple Podcast yeah.
2: Really? Yeah. Yeah. Apple uh, Podcast? Overcast,
0: Radio Public what happens is once I publish this it automatically publishes to 11 platforms and we, we will send oh, you the wow. link to the Apple and the Spotify and Anchor FM it will be on Radio Public and Overcast exactly. and a bunch of other ones and, wow,
2: that's really awesome. We really appreciate that, and we'll definitely, like, we'll definitely put it on our page as well and mention. Yeah, we're gonna run
0: a story on. Our, we'll run a story it. on our Instagram that will actually link right to the Spotify, and then you can kind of like it and push it and, and do whatever you want. We'll send you the links. Absolutely. We actually run a blog yeah. page on our GoDaddy site. We'll actually have a little article mm-hmm. page. They'll have like a picture of you, but normally if you had had like your album out, it would, it would link to it, but we'll link it back to your Instagram. Um, No way. Okay. So we'll do that. But once your record comes out, we'll go update that page and and link it to your Spotify or Apple or, or your website. If you have a website, if you have, if you sell a CD or vinyl, we can link to that. So um, yeah. So Mm -hmm. we we just like to push music. We push our music. We push everybody's music, but um, yeah, we're glad that we had you on the line. And um we look forward again to your new music and uh be safe and have a good holiday season. Yes, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. This will be out in about an hour and we'll send you the link. I'll oh, we'll send awesome. you the links. I just gotta edit it and link link the segments together because it saved what we did before and I just have to queue it up and stuff, but um yeah, it will be good. I'll talk right. thank you.
1: It's really nice to talk
2: to you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for what you did. We really appreciate
0: well, it. Yeah, thank you your friend. yeah if you know other bands around you that need you know, you know uh, let, let them know they can t- get contact me through my instagram
2: all right all right okay. cool awesome thank you so okay, much huh? we really appreciate it all right <laughs> have a good okay, night take care
1: bye. happy holidays
2: bye